We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. My name is Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC, and it's time to preview the Knicks' upcoming matchup against the Orlando Magic on Tuesday night in the Magic Kingdom, the Sunshine State. The Knicks head down to Florida uh, and then don't have another game until Friday night in Philadelphia um, with trade deadline content getting out there doesn't mean we stop with the pregame show and I went all the way down to Orlando although figuratively not literally I'm stayed here in in Queens don't worry um to talk to Luke Sylvia who is one half of the sixth man show which is a blue wire podcast that covers the Orlando magic um I have, as you can imagine am a huge fan of great and quality uh, production and their show is extremely well produced. Um, we discussed that at the end of this pod. So stay tuned to the end. Uh, some connections between the Knicks and the magic, obviously Evan Fournier, a former Orlando magic Cole Anthony's dad um, used to play for the New York Knicks, Greg Anthony. Um, I tried to think of the other big ones, but I couldn't really find any Knicks magic connections. These teams don't have any playoff matchups against each other. There's no real significant trades other than Ignas Brugsdakis going to the Orlando magic. And there's the Ewing Shaq connection, which is a very old school connection for like nineties Knicks fans. So Shaquille O'Neal grew up idolizing Patrick Ewing, so he made it his mission to posterize him and go at him uh, anytime you played him in the 90s. But other than that, these are just two fan bases that are enjoying a team that has been pretty above average since about early December. That's the biggest connection. You'll hear in just a second how close these two seasons turned around and at the exact same point. So without further ado... Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Let's get into it. Here's my conversation previewing the Knicks matchup against the Orlando Magic with Luke Sylvia of the Six Man Show. Enjoy. Joining me now here on the Knicks Film School pregame show with the Knicks headed down to the Sunshine State to take on the deceptively doing very well despite what their record might seem, Orlando Magic. Uh, it made sense to go in-house to the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And welcome on former Gator, according to his Twitter bio, and uh, one half of the Sixth Man Show, Mr. Luke Sylvia. Welcome to the Next Film School Podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, awesome. I, I I will real quick. The reason that I know you know your podcast, being that I'm a Magic fan, okay, is because I've got a couple great buddies of mine that are huge fans of the show and of the Knicks. Uh, so shout out to my boys Brandon and Danny. I told them that I would give them a shout out here, but uh, yeah, brother, that's that's I'm I'm familiar. Obviously, you're part of the Blue Wire family too, mm -hmm. and uh, so I, I I've perused the page a couple times of the NBA teams on that page and uh, seen you guys and my my boys know who your podcast is and know who you are. And so I uh, want to uh, give them that shout out. Well, shout out to you boys, Brandon and Danny. Um, I don't know any Magic fans or else I'd give them a shout out too. <laughs> so you're the first and I'm Ouch. excited to know how many Magic fans am I going to meet in New York City? Unfortunately, That's right. Like they're all you're in right. Florida, at least as far as I <laughs> yeah. know. Probably a very ignorant New York thing to say, but I wear it with a badge of honor. Um, 
Another ignorant thing to say would just be that the magic are bad. And here's mm. here's how us at Nick's Film School, how we're approaching this game. Yes, we see the 22 and 32 record. We also recognize that both teams' seasons, the Knicks and the Magic seasons, seem to have hit some type of corner and turned it um, around the same time. Um, mm. I mean, what I mean by that. So, if you're unaware, the Knicks got off to not a bad start. They're like hovering around 500. There's this December 3rd game where they were up big in the first half, blew a a double-digit lead. I think it was close to 20-point lead to the Dallas Mavericks. It was a matinee game at Madison Square Garden. Crowd, Knicks got booed off the floor. They lost by close to 20, gave up like 45 points in the third quarter. It was widely speculated. Changes will be made to Knicks lose the next night against Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers, his first game at the Garden after a summer of them not getting him. The Knicks then went to a nine-man rotation for that game, won eight straight, and their season has kind of turned around since. And all of the numbers, it's just a clear turnaround from December 4th on. And then I look at the Magic, and throughout my research, I see the 5-20 and 20 start. I also see this six-game winning streak that started December 7th, and that they're 17-12 and 12 since that December, December 7th um, stretch. Uh, at least at the December 7th date. Is it an accurate description of how the season has gone that it's two different ones that there's the five and 20 version of the team. And then the since December 7th version of the team. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was just, it's been night and day. Right. And there's, I don't know, uh, Andrew, if you look at, if you've seen man games lost on Twitter where they basically, so this guy has, if your team was as injured as mine, you would, you would know this guy. Uh, He essentially has this chart where he talks about essentially like the combined amount of games that your team has lost. He's created this chart to display these numbers. And for the last couple seasons, the magic have far and away been the leaders on this chart. So, and, and man games lost the magic. Like he had to extend the graph to make the magic where they are now. And no one's probably going to catch up. And, and, And so this is the thing with the magic. They were very injured. Five and twenty. That was an injured team. That was a young team, and now they're healthy. And in your last twenty nine games, you're seventeen and twelve. Mm-hmm. This is not like you said. It's an ignorant thing to say that this is a bad team. Yeah, this team was bad when they were injured, but when they're healthy, they're a fun young league pass esque team. And uh, I, I mean, I'm listen, man. Twenty two wins. That's how many the Magic ended last year with. And we still got a lot of ball to play. <laughs> so us Magic fans, this is all this is all icing on the cake. We think that this team can can vastly improve upon what they were last year. So that's interesting because look, I, I don't know how the the rest of the league will view the Magic. I, I I'm just letting you know now. I don't personally have confidence going into tomorrow night. It's not that I don't think the Knicks can win the game. I'm just not looking at the Magic as if you like by net rating like a bottom six team. They mm-hmm. clearly have played better since that start, like you said. And I, I now I'm following Man Games Lost on uh, Twitter. So <laughs> shout out to them and shout out to you for endorsing them here on this show. Um, <laughs> is that the goal this season? Is like, do you want them to make the play in, or is mm-hmm. this like, like you said, icing on the cake? You showed yeah. progress, and is there eventually going to need to be a pivot because of what the lottery looks like this year? Yeah, man. I, I think that going into this season, the basically the the boxes that you wanted to check if you were a Magic fan, at least to us at the six-man show for Jonathan and myself, is you wanted this team to be, be healthy, which you didn't get until really 30, 35 games into the season where the, the list starts to dwindle as far as the injury list. And then you also want that coming down the stretch, you want to be playing meaningful games. And this is where I love the play-in because it gives it it can make teams shy a little bit away from the tanking aspect and and maybe make a stride toward the playoffs. I remember uh, a few seasons ago the Magic were outside the playoff picture. They rip off tw- go 22 and 9 in their their you know those final 31 games and that team with Vucevic and Evan Fournier they may become the 7 seed. And they play the Toronto Raptors in the playoffs who become the eventual champions. So I know what it's like to make the the postseason push and be a fan of a team like that. I think this team is capable. I just want to be within striking distance in the last month of the season because 
for the better part of a decade, Andrew, the season's been practically over by February, January even. So the fact that this team is actually playing meaningful basketball right now is super, super exciting. And you obviously have a lot of young talent that you just you never want to miss a game. And and it's because these guys could do anything on any given night. You know, it's funny you say that about the uh, just enjoying meaningful basketball as if I'm not as if I'm foreign to that concept <laughs> of just being appreciative that the season is not over here on February 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I can absolutely understand the the notion of, again, the similarities in seasons. I think the Knicks were figuring out what combination, what rotation worked best for the first two months. And it sounds like the magic. We're just waiting to get healthy. You know, is that a fair, fair assessment that did you, did you go into this season with thoughts that the December 7th on team existed and then yeah. like the injuries derailed it? Or is this out of nowhere? No, I think that we we expected that this team was capable of this. Okay. I, I think going into this season, um, you know, Paolo Bancaro, I saw what the kid did at Summer League and Summer League isn't the end all be all, but he was impressive. He's huge. And that's what everybody says when they see him in person is like Paolo is just much bigger than I even thought he was or was mm-hmm. told or can see on paper. Just a guy like him, Franz Wagner. We all love Franz Wagner in Orlando. Um, he's he's you could there's a debate. He's the best player on this team um, as it stands. Ceiling, that's a different story. Ceiling's different. I'm, I'm doing the research for this. I, I actually don't think it's a debate. I think he's the best player yeah. on this team just on the outside looking in at the advanced metrics. Yeah, I it, you're clearly a better team when he's on the floor, you know? Yeah, well, no, no doubt about it. So, um, so yeah, man, I, I thought this was possible uh, how this team has been playing. I said that this team could win, if healthy, 38 games. Um, I, I don't say, I don't retract that statement. This team started 5-20, and 20, man. Like, the, the, you started way behind the eight ball with this team. And it was because of injuries. And so that was my caveat. I was like, fully healthy, this team can win 38 games. Um, I still think that's the truth if they were healthy all year. Uh, really encouraging to, to see us be where we're at considering the start that we had. I think we were, you know, getting to the point where we're like, man, is it lottery time yet? <laughs> Five and 20, like that was mm-hmm. terrible. Uh, but I will say the the talent on the team, like I said, you still want to turn your TV on every night, no matter how bad the record is because of how exciting and, and you just think can't help but think about the future with this team. So it's funny. We have a, a running joke here. It's a, it's an inside joke, but a running joke nonetheless that, uh, the Pelicans are my Pelicans because I keep bringing them up as the reason not to tank. You know, like I understand the merits of tanking and it's not necessarily an anti-math thing. It's just an anti-principle thing, you mm-hmm. know, that I understand why you would tank. It does not guarantee anything. And getting a young team to experience game that games that matter, I think, in my opinion, matters more. And you look at the Pelicans last year and they needed the Lakers to completely self-destruct to get to a spot in the play-in that mattered, but two play-in wins and then this this series against the Suns that clearly showed that they were trending in the right direction and pushed them to six games, hard-fought series win by the Suns. And now this year, before Zion got hurt, they were hovering around the one seed in the Western Conference. Now, a 10-game losing streak will then derail that, but I blame that more on injuries. I wonder where the Pelicans are on this no man's... <laughs> Uh, this man's lost uh, chart. Anyway, point being, I'm drawing parallels to the Magic this season. That you get off to that rough start. The Pelicans started three and fifteen last season, and maybe the Magic can be that team when all of these other teams potentially do some work at the deadline this week, and maybe the Raptors fall out of it, maybe the Bulls fall out of it, maybe the Magic leapfrog a couple teams and end up in in the play-in. Um, this does lead to the deadline, though. And do you think the Magic need to make a move in order to make make the play-in or help their chances at the play-in? I guess it's mm-hmm. kind of a three-part question. Do you think they need to? Do you think they will? And do you want them to? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, first of all, I will say, the, yes, the Pelicans are fourth on the man games loss ah, chart. Okay. So it, it makes sense. Sounds right. Um, Brandon Ingram. Now... Diane yeah. Wilson makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in regard to your uh, question, I, I don't think that they need to do anything to, I mean, 
like I said, with the with the roster they've got, they're 17 and 12 in their last mm-hmm. 39, right? Or 29. So I, I just don't see that they need to do anything, right? Like you need, uh, if, if anything, you need to not shake up this roster. They are learning continuity and how important it is. And Coach Mosley, Jamal Mosley is a young coach in this league. Um, you know, as a head coach in terms of experience, he's still learning a lot. He's learning rotations. And you're just throwing a wrench in things by changing this roster up more than you necessarily have to. Um, I think that, you know, we're at to the point where Terrence Ross has seen like five or six DNP coaches decisions in a row. Uh, he's probably gone. Mm-hmm. RJ Hampton, the magic don't pick up his option at the beginning of the year. He's down and, you know, playing in the G league and he, and it doesn't make sense because when he does get play time, he does it well. And he, he shows why he should deserve minutes and be in this rotation. He'll probably get moved. It's a business decision, right? It's a business at the end of the day. We hear that so much. That's the case. Mo Bamba. I think that he could get moved and, and Mo Bamba went down swinging against mm-hmm. Austin river. So I have a question about that in a that, second. Don't worry. <laughs> that, that could absolutely be the last thing that people remember about Mo Bamba in a magic Jersey, which is hilarious because so many of us called him soft and whatever, and whatever you think about the situation, he still, you know, stood up for himself against Austin rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think he could be out the door. So you got him, Terrence Ross, RJ Hampton. I think you could take calls or probably taking calls on Gary Harris, but I love Gary Harris. I hope he doesn't go. Um, so no, I think you should, should get rid of the, the players that aren't playing, right? Like do whatever, consolidate. At some point, this young roster has to consolidate. You're one of the youngest teams in the league. You got to make decisions. That's what they did with RJ Hampton. As much as I disagree at this point, hmm. Mo Bamba, I mean, I, I've been out on him for a couple of years now and, and I think that he easily could be, you know, shown the door as well. So we'll see. Really? Mo Bamba? He's, so I'm just going by, again, outside looking in, don't watch this team every day like you do. I see that they're plus five when he plays. So I understand mm-hmm. it's only 658 minutes. So it's not yeah. the largest of sample sizes, but it's third on the team. So mm-hmm. what, what's the, the eye test disconnect that you think that he would, you're mm-hmm. kind of okay with moving him in this sense. It is more than, you know, you, you, you know, the term, right? Like box score watchers or oh, like, yeah. this is, yeah. this is why, this is why, you know, you, you have people like myself and Jonathan who represent, you know, the magic fan community and the magic as a whole. And, and, you know, you guys do that obviously as well when it comes to the Knicks is that you're just, and I understand that, like, that's exactly why you're asking me that question because mm-hmm. on paper, it's like, he's not getting a lot of run. And it's like, but where's the disconnect? Because it seems like the team is better with him on the court. But at the end of the day, right now, you, you look at it and Mo's playing 17 minutes a game. So and it's backups against backups. Gotcha. He, yeah. And, and he doesn't, if you look at his game, man, like he doesn't have a post game. Mm. He could be matched up and I've seen it. He can get matched up against Peyton Pritchard or Fred Van Vliet. And he's either a not trying anything on them in the post or he's missing horribly. It's getting pinned between the backboard and the rim. Like there's just nothing there as far as that goes with his post game. Um, and that's the most frustrating part. He, he wants to be six feet tall so badly, um, but, but he's not, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, man, Mo's just kind of frustrating. Cause it's like, we all saw the potential. He was a number six pick and it just hasn't panned out, man. He, he's, we're coming into what, this is his fifth year mm-hmm. on the magic. He, he's not really ever gotten over that hump. He scored in double digits once. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Maybe he'll go somewhere else and thrive and, and on a team that can benefit. But I, I'm I'm pretty out on Mo. Well, someone who, I mean, look, we, we're New York's going to, there are a lot of Knicks fans that the night of the draft that Cole Anthony went, that they wanted Cole Anthony to end up with the Knicks. I have mm. some questions about Cole Anthony and how As this season should. has mm-hmm. gone. Um, First of all, so just your opinion on how his season has gone. Am I, I, I see some of the numbers and not seeing a lot of great numbers as well. What's up with Cole Anthony right now? Right now, Cole is the best that he's been this season. Okay. Right now, Cole is efficient. He's kind of keeping his, he knows his role. He's been the six man practically the whole season. Um, he's only started in three games up to this point. So, you know, he was asked by one of our, uh, you know, on TV personalities after one of the games, 
essentially what he makes of this six-man role. And he replied with, I'm a starter in this league, mm. and I know it. And at that point, I was like, man, I know I get it. Like, you're supposed to be confident. But at the same time, it's like, I wish you would have just given some type of thing about, like, I'll do whatever to help this team win. Yeah. Um. So I don't know that I loved that. But honestly, the these last, like, 10 games, some odd, Cole Anthony has been relatively good. And and I, I'm going to pull it up here on good old stats muse here. Um, <laughs> shooting 58, 53% from the field, 43% basically from three on three attempts a game. He is being much better than his total splits will tell you. On the year, he's, you know, shooting 33% from three on three and a half attempts, 44% from the field. But he's just been a lot better as of late. And I truly think he's just buying into that six-man role. He's also getting minutes alongside guys like Jonathan Isaac, who are slowly making their way back. You're, he's getting more talent alongside him, too. And that whole continuity piece, right? Where the more minutes he gets with that unit that's going to be his unit, the better. And, and, Mo, and Cole has been good in that role. And I hope that he stays in that role. Over? So, so I say over Markel Fultz, but that would be obviously what he would apparently prefer is to be the starting point guard over Fultz. Do you prefer that Fultz is the starting point guard over him? Yeah, night and yes. day. I love That's Markel Fultz. Okay, wait. Yeah, wait. I, I listen, Markel Fultz. There's stuff that he does that does not show up on a stat sheet. Mm. Just the 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 decisions that he makes when he wants to slow down the tempo when the other team has made a run. Just things that like the other young guys on the team they just want to get out and go all the time. And it's like you just have to know when when to do those things and how to set the tone. And Markel Fultz is is that guy when it comes to that man. There's, I, I can't wait to see what he continues to be, um, and I'm cool with him being what he has been. I don't, I don't need him to be a superstar. I've got Paolo and Franz. You know, I just need a guy that's not going to make the dumb decisions. Um, and I think that Cole also could make the argument that maybe he starts over Jalen Suggs because mm-hmm. when Jalen's healthy, Jalen starts. And and I think that there, you know, you have a fair case to be made. Jalen Suggs is is not a great offensive player by any stretch. Defensively, he's filthy. I love Jalen oh, Suggs okay. on the defensive side of the ball. He is an incredible perimeter defender, and he's only been better as of late. So uh, it's just kind of whatever you prefer. Do you prefer an offensive, you know, uh, shot chucker in your starting lineup, uh, or would you rather him be a spark plug off the bench? and kind of know his role and settle into that and be the guy in that unit instead of trying to be the guy amongst the starters, I would rather Cole Anthony be off the bench. That was going to be my question about Suggs, by the way, is is there still, like I guess because of his defense, you wait it out, but how are you two, I, this is what, three years into the process with Jalen Suggs or two years? Year in? two. Year two, so it's two mm-hmm. years in. We're just waiting for the offensive game to come around? It feels that way, right? Okay. But but even this year, like I just wanted improvement, and you've gotten that from an efficiency standpoint. And it doesn't look great if you just line out like this year's efficiencies. But when you compare it to last year, mm. I mean, last year he he shot twenty one percent from three. This year he's shooting almost thirty. So like I'll take that jump. Nine jump, percentage yes. points is a jump, and it's a good one. Um, and also, I just think like when he doesn't have to be the guy offensively. It's it's when he's best and when you can put him amongst starters who can get their own bucket and can facilitate for others like a Markel Fultz, get their bucket like a Paolo and Franz. Um, I think Jalen's the perfect guy there just because he's going to work his butt off on the defensive end and be that anchor that you need. Um, so, yeah, I'm not out on him, but I was never super high on Jalen Suggs. Even when the Magic drafted him, I wasn't crazy about him. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what he becomes. But I... I with the talent this roster has, I'm okay kind of waiting around to see what Jalen becomes. It's only year two. He's been injured quite a bit too. Played 48 games last year. Um, he's played 29 games this year, but we'll see what happens with him. This He was with the fifth or sixth pick in that draft? Fifth. Fifth pick. Okay. Yep. Like, him fifth and Franz eighth. Oh, that nice little draft you pulled, pulled out there. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have any Franz questions other than like he's awesome and I... I'm sure you're enjoying that. The the Paolo stuff, like I think, well, first of all, how shocked were you on opening night for Knicks fans that were unaware because we all thought that 
it was going to be Jabari going to the mm-hmm. the Magic, and then last minute it was Paolo. Yeah, uh, draft night was was nuts because mm-hmm. yeah, you Woj tweets it out that morning. This is the this is basically we're coming in on the final hours. the The draft order is, looks like it's going to be Jabari, Chet, Paolo. And then you go to what, like 10, 20 minutes before my, t- my time. I, w- I don't, all that is a blur at this point. I don't remember when Woj broke the news or whatever, but um, we're all in the arena and I'm trying to avoid my phone. It's very hard to do. And mm-hmm. then Woj is up on the screen and says that the magic are heavily leaning it, you know, looking at him and careful consideration as Palo Bancaro. I, I wanted Jabari. I had bought into it. Kind of like Houston had bought into Palo, like they had convinced themselves Palo was their guy. We had convinced ourselves that Jabari was our guy. It was very clear that Chet was never really an option for us. Aside, like once we got into the process, so yeah, I, I didn't know. I, I Palo, in terms of his three point shot, wasn't great. His motor seemed to have question marks around it. And you've seen it at times as a Magic fan. Like sometimes things aren't going his way. He'll hang his head and just let that get the best of him. Uh, but his ability to go to the free throw line, that's the one thing that's been such a shock. But yeah, on draft night, that was insane. I, they're really, the, the Magic finessed the entire league. They finessed Woj. He had tweeted that he confidently tweeted that morning what the draft order would be. So anytime you're able to do that, it, uh, you know, you just have to laugh. And that's what we tell people. Reports come out about the magic. You don't know. Nobody knows. We've said that for forever, and um, I can't believe we fell for it on draft day. Not to the same extent, because I mean, look, I could ask you, what's it like to win a draft lottery more than <laughs> once? Like the Knicks won the first ever one and got Patrick Ewing, and have not moved up in the lottery ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, I during the 2019 season, I got attached to the idea of Zion Williamson. The Knicks were headed toward the worst record in the NBA and draft lottery night, third pick in the draft goes to the New York Knicks. Um, and I could also understand with, with Paolo. Now that I think the magic are giving him a little more um, runway to, to work on his efficiency. And, and you, you nailed it with the free throw. Right? A guy averaging free eight free throws a game already as a rookie is signs of things to come as far as I'm concerned. And you just like, you wait for the efficiency to eventually come along with RJ similar, awful rookie season, like Jalen Suggs. And then he takes a jump his second year and it's been hit and miss since there's some really good. There's been some really bad. Um, but I, I, it's interesting to hear how other franchises um, develop their players and are a little more patient um, in, in that sense. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, JJ Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, Knicks fans? This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest, with keto, calorie smart, vegan veggie, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Out, get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Um, speaking of the Knicks, I, the Knicks play the Magic on mm-hmm. Tuesday night in in Orlando. Um, by the way, uh, listeners might not even know this. Why is it called the Six Man Show? What is the what's the what's the origin behind the name? Yeah, so the origin behind the name of the Six Man Show is that uh, the Magic um, essentially have retired one number, and it and that's and the only number they've retired is the number six and it's for the fans. So our show is, you know, by fans for fans. Um, So that's the whole thing of it, right? Like we're, we're fans of the show. We right now, like as it stands, we have day jobs, right? So like, Uh we're very much the fans. We, we recently got media credentialed, uh, I think starting last season. Must be nice. (laughs) Well, you know, different market, but, uh, different owner too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so yeah, I mean, that that's essentially it, right? Like somebody, we had someone who tried to put a knock on the show like a year or two ago. I read a comment. It's always stuck with me, and I try not to let comments, as you, I'm sure you know, I am try aware. not to let yeah. comments stick with you, right? <laughs> uh, but the one that made me laugh, and I use it as like an example of our show and our format. It's like they were like, I I can't stand this show. It's like two fans talking to each other about the team, and that's it. I was like, that's all we are, man. Like we don't uh, we don't put you know claim to be cap experts or you know just experts about the team. We just happen to watch every game and we record twice a week, and um and that's really our philosophy. And and people seem to enjoy that, and we enjoy it. So uh, I don't think we would do this if we didn't. Are the Magic against retiring a second number or two? This uh, this feels that way, doesn't it? Okay, we, yeah, like yeah, we it, made it just off the top of my head. Dwight, Shaq, uh, Penny Hardaway. Like, yeah. So, okay. I, and I mean, when so when Vucevic got traded, 
uh, you know, a couple seasons ago and shocked all of us on, on deadline day that morning. Um, we made like a tribute video and, um, and, and so we rolled it out there. And one of the lines from it was, you know, the magic should, you know, stop that silly rule and, and hang your, your Jersey in the rafters. Oh, People wow. think fondly of Vucevic, but just to say like, right. Like these like fans are, are hungry for the magic to start retiring jerseys and they just haven't, they have like a magic hall of fame, which is cool, but it's like, I want you to retire some jerseys. <laughs> so, I, yeah. um, you know, we'll, we'll see when that happens. I hope that it eventually happens, but who knows? If you were put in charge of this, who's the first one that gets his number retired? I, th- I think the first one, it's got to be Shaq. Shaq, okay. Yeah, I would go Shaq and then I, I'm, I'm retiring Dwight. Um, in my opinion, Dwight is the best magic player of all time, the most accomplished. Um, so he would not be far behind a, a Shaq retirement. I'm only retiring Shaq's first because he, you know, was the first one to come in and, and really change the trajectory. Do you think Penny should get it if you're adding a third? Yeah. Okay. It it is it, but then you know you you look at the number one and it's like Penny, but then there was T Mac and it's you know there's ah Tracy McGrath. Oh man. Yeah we, we do share probably an affection for, for T Mac. A little bit it's hard not to. I just growing up, it was him versus Kobe. I know you yeah. probably remember this, and I was yeah. I was in the camp of T Mac, and then yeah. Kobe won his fourth and fifth title. It's like, oh, that argument has been put to right. bed. Okay, yeah. Our co-host Jonathan, he uh, he he loves loves T Mac, uh, big Penny guy too. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm I love Dwight, and and I I think that he obviously should be have his jersey retired too. I I, I love Dwight. Does it bother you when non-Magic fans and like general NBA historians and analysts and, and columnists say Dwight isn't a Hall of Famer? It's stupid. It's stupid. That's what that okay. is. <laughs> it's stupid. Like, it's dumb. What are we talking about? You know, like he he's incredible. Eight-time All-Star, eight-time All-NBA, five te- five-time All-Defensive Team, um, three Defensive Players of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, only one to go back-to-back-to-back, like what are we talking about? Dwight was, was three straight defensive players of the yeah. year. He's Dwight's basically just, the Jokic of, of defensive players of the year, you know? Yeah. So I, I love, like I said, I love him. And uh, I, you know, the, the, the divorce was, was messy, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I, time heals all things and I'm over it. And I, I just want him to get his flowers and he's without a doubt, a hall of famer. I, he's incredible. Listen, we we did a Patreon pod over the summer with the top seventy five and thought he should have been there. And of course, obviously, the voters thought a little differently. But um, there's there's politics involved there. And when Shaq is see, that's a, a more interesting thing because Shaq just like does not like Dwight Howard, and some of it might just be like another Magic Center called himself Superman. Right? Um, how do you how do you navigate that? The Shaq, one of the greatest Magic ever has like a vendetta against the, in your opinion, greatest magic player ever. Listen, Shaq doesn't do anything in regard to the magic. Like the guy doesn't really come around. He's come around maybe as of late, but like nothing like, you know what I mean? Like it's just, he hasn't really claimed Orlando Mm -hmm. like, like I, we wish he would. Um, but Hey, he, he went out to LA. He did his thing obviously. And, um, that's, that's really who he wants to claim. And and that's fine. You know, you, you had a lot of success there, but as far as the magic man, he was talking crazy. I don't even know, like a couple months ago about, you know, me, me and I think he said me and Dennis Scott, we still run that organization. And it's like, you don't even come around this organization. Yes. From so, Atlanta, you, you run, yeah, you run this organization. So yeah, I, I honestly, I care more about Dwight than Shaq. So I, I don't really, I don't really care too much what, what how Dwight feels. I mean, yeah. Shaq feels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last question before I let you go again, the Knicks play the magic at 7 PM. Um, what's the name of the, it's Amway arena, right? Yep, the Amway Center. Amway Center, excuse me. Um, You're good. The Amway Center in Orlando on Tuesday night. Um, I like to get people's opinion on the Knicks and what they're doing this season because we're so wrapped up in the day to day and the uh, probably over coverage of this team mm-hmm. that um, it's nice to get the outsider's perspective. Don't hold barred. How? What's your honest take on how the Knicks are and how you view them coming into Orlando on Tuesday night? Uh, well, number one, I'm I'm 
happy that Mitchell Robinson's not playing. Mm-hmm. I know his hand is what in a cast, right? So yeah, he broke a, a bone in his thumb and had surgery about three weeks ago. So that, that guy gonna be back. That guy on the boards, no thank you. I don't want to deal with him. I'm personally relieved that he is not playing. There were so many times in that game at MSG where I just was not thinking nice things about Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> and it's because he's just so frustrating. Like he he is just incredible on the boards. Um, you know, I'm I'm interested to see, you know, how it goes, but but as far as the next man, um, I mean, what can I say? Y'all, y'all have a better record than than us. Uh, you turn that corner, obviously. I think IQ is a great talent there in New York. Um, you know, I, I guess so. I don't. Besides, from my friends, right? I know their mm-hmm. opinions. But but as in regards to to you and and I'm sure your listeners have heard it. But for the sake of myself, yeah, no. Uh, I guess there any questions you got? Of course, so like. As far as IQ goes, what are you, what are your thoughts on on quickly um, and RJ Barrett? Where do you where do you stand on those two? I'm most interested in those. No, I laugh because these are the two most discussed players easily, of and like in the same context, it seems though, though it probably shouldn't be RJ versus IQ. Um, if you go to the lineup data, every single positive Knicks lineup involves Emmanuel quickly. It seems um, mm-hmm. if you go to I'm just going to pull up his his stats for the season. Um, it's him and Mitch, I believe, have their best on-off for the year. Yeah, uh, Mitch is, Jesus, in the 94th percentile <laughs> at plus 10 and a half in, 10, in about 1,000 minutes. And Emmanuel quickly in four, over 1,400 minutes is in the 90th percentile at plus 8.9. So you're going to notice something if RJ is playing because he was out. Apparently, he... Like got really sick during warmups the other night, which led to an an Evan Fournier game, a that blessing we're all, that we're all very thankful for. <laughs> um, so if RJ doesn't does play, he'll start, and the Knicks have been getting off these slow starts in the first six minutes. Then quickly comes in around the five minute remaining mark, and it's a whole different show. And it might not always show up in the box score. He's still from time to time can have some bad shooting games, like a two for eight or a three for nine. But what he does on the defensive end, his uh, anticipatory instincts with like rotations and deflections are outstanding. Uh, he's got this wingspan that allows him to guard your point guard or your small forward. Um, so I'm very pro IQ. This report that he was on the trade market, he got off to a very poor shooting start and he's extension eligible. And as I mentioned, the Knicks got off to a pretty bad start this year and were potentially uh, uh, mulling whether this season was going a certain direction that they needed to start making some trades. Um, he played himself out of trade talks, though. So it's like that, I think, is the best compliment I could give him. As far as RJ Barrett is concerned, um, I would be nice to the RJ Hive watching and say <laughs> that I think he's nowhere near as bad as the sky is falling. Mm-hmm. portion of the fan base has viewed him lately. I do think there's a fit issue that isn't necessarily RJ's fault because the Knicks literally have three lefties that all like to drive with Jalen Brunson, <laughs> Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. And he's just, he's, he's the third guy. Like he probably should be a third guy on a good team, which is fine. But um, like he'll have these bad shooting nights and then he's lost a step on the defensive end this year. And mm-hmm that's the issue. You know, if you're going to be a poor yeah. shooter and a poor defender, what, like what usefulness are you? And like, he got benched down the stretch for Emmanuel quickly against the Lakers, the correct decision. And then didn't speak to the media afterwards. And it was like, wait a minute, like <laughs> this is now a thing. <laughs> like, hold right. on. like even when the, like, so there's a, there's a conversation around RJ that yeah. we're having. Um, there's the, I don't think it's that big of a conversation anymore, but there's the fact that the Knicks put him in trade talks for Donovan Mitchell and offered him to Utah. And I, to this day, I'm pretty sure if the Knicks were okay trading one more unprotected pick, RJ Barrett would be in Utah. Um, so yeah. there's that element of it that I don't know how much it's affecting him because I sh- I, I've never talked to RJ Barrett. So I wouldn't, I'd, I'd be <laughs> literally guessing. Uh, but that would be my evaluation of those two players. RJ has seemed to plateau. A little bit, whereas I the sky's the limit as far as I'm concerned with IQ. 
Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I know we're coming up on, on time here, Andrew. Yeah, you're good. I, my last thing. So I was watching the uh, Clippers Knicks game mm-hmm. the other night. And I've seen this a few times and I don't know if it's just a recurring thing or, or if I just catch it on the nights this happens. Anytime it's crunch time, I feel like Julius has the ball in the action. There is no action. It doesn't seem, it seems like it's just Julius gets it. He might try to post up like free throw line extended mm-hmm. and then go to work and you just hope he makes the shot. Is that a common occurrence that that's kind of the go-to thing down the stretch is just give the ball to Julius despite Jalen Brunson being right there? Well, no. So I, I do think it, it it is a little your turn, my turn with him in, in Brunson. Um, Brunson's crunch time stats are, are ridiculous this yeah. year. And the Knicks, I will say it's something I didn't I haven't said on the pod yet, but it's a recent change that it's been less about, the, we call it the prevent offense, where if you're <laughs> winning, you're literally just, you're, taking all 24 seconds in isolation mm-hmm. and either Julius that does a long two or Brunson runs a long two almost lost them a game against the Celtics a couple of weeks ago. And literally the last four games I've noticed ball movement in the last mm-hmm. couple minutes, even from Julius Randall, which tells me they're looking at film. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like they, they, their point of their offense. You'll see is they're trying to get to the paint and it's all about drives. And now it's become drives and kicks. And so they've been a poor three-point shooting team, but like the way that they were able to beat, they will come back against the Clippers, beat the Heat, and beat the Sixers is they're driving and kicking to the wing. And it's Quentin Grimes or Tabanio quickly, or even RJ Barrett when he's making it. Um, like Deuce McBride has been making some threes. Evan Fournier hit a bunch of threes the other night, mostly on drives and kicks. So that I think is what the point of the offense has now become. As far as the Julius isolation stuff, um, we call it the run the jewels offense <laughs> um, because sometimes we just, all right, run it through Julius this play. It's like, I'd rather you not. I, I will say though, he has at least the past couple games shown improvement in the, I'm not just going to settle. If he can get to the rim, he's about as strong as anybody besides Giannis in the league. So I get it. But the, the fadeaways and the long twos have started to go away recently. And he's actually looking when the double comes for who's open. Mm. Yeah. So. That's interesting. Yeah. That was the other, the only other thing I wanted to ask you about as, as far as the, the Knicks go, I, something I, I caught the other night. So I listen when, when the Knicks played, well, I guess at this point when people are listening tonight, I look for how many times they're like the shooting chart in particularly the Knicks, you could tell they've beefed up their analytic department because of where, all the shots are being taken on the floor. Um, it's just now executing it to the and you know, they've started to see some results as well with with those those scouting reports. Um, I'm excited to get a first look at this new version of the magic. I have no idea what it means for the next chances tomorrow night, but uh, I also just like personally, I doing the research for this show, I I admire a well-produced podcast and I do think the six man show is one of the better produced podcasts wow. that's out there, um, both visually and audio wise. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a digital media background, so I, I can appreciate mm-hmm. well done production when I see it. Yeah. Well, that's a shout out producer, Kevin. He, uh, mm-hmm. he has come on board in the last, I don't even know, year and a half. So I'm like, I don't remember, but he's been on for a while. And ever since he came on our production quality, he, He's he's great because before it was Jonathan just doing it and Jonathan doesn't have the time to, mm-hmm. to go through and and produce it maybe as thoroughly as as Kevin is able to. Uh, and yeah, Kevin's a great talent. So I'm, I'm sure he will appreciate the shout out. Well, as a producer, Mr. Kevin, mm-hmm. I shout out to you, Kevin, watching <laughs> if you see this because I feel the pain and I appreciate the work <laughs> that you do. Um, Luke, you've been great with your time. If you could do me a favor, tell everybody where they could find you and the six man show on the Internet. Yeah, so if you guys are are watching on YouTube, you guys see my handle for Twitter is at LukeSylvia96. Um, but the more important thing that you do is you follow the Six Man Show at Six Man Show on Twitter. Uh, my my Twitter is basically just retweeting all of the Six Man Show tweets anyway. So go there. 
uh, drop a follow for us. We release episodes uh, every Monday and Thursday, uh, typically like middle of the night, more like it because we record previously the night before uh, and just drop that as soon as we have it ready to go. So that is all producer Kevin. Uh, you know, staying up all hours of the night to make sure that that's good, and Jonathan as well. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's where you can find us. Um, Instagram at Six Man Show. We're pretty much at Six Man Show anywhere you can think. So Knicks fans will appreciate a producer staying up all night after <laughs> Jonathan has done some hosting work. That is, that's quite literally the formula of Knicks Film School at times. But perfect. Uh, yes, Luke. Thank you so much for joining me, man. And I wish you. I don't know if I wish you luck in tomorrow night's game, but I hope that the I wish the six man show all the luck in the world. How's that? Appreciate that. I hope some some good things and highlights and, and good content to come out of it. That's what we yeah. can hope for. There you go. Once again, big thank you to Luke for coming on today's show to help me preview this matchup against the Orlando Magic. That is nuts that they've never retired a number except the number six. They Shaq alone should have been retired. He's right. Dwight Howard should have been retired. I Retire the number one twice, Penny and T-Mac. I'm in. Uh, that is nuts. So fix that, Orlando. But um, as far as the number six is concerned, the Sixth Man Show is outstanding. I highly recommend it if you're interested in the Orlando Magic. At least give them a follow and um, a subscribe and a rate and a review. Like I said, let's let's show the KFS impact. Flood their reviews with uh, loved Luke on the Knicks Film School podcast. Best of luck to the Magic, except when they're playing the Knicks. Um, something like that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. I know that would go a long way in helping them. That'll do it for me. If you dig the show, head over to iTunes, drop a five-star rating and a review. As we mentioned at the end of the pod with John and Jeremy, playback on Tuesday night for Knicks Magic. Post game afterwards with John on the YouTube and all the other platforms. We go live after the Knicks play the Magic um, during lunch every day, which is around noon. It's kind of random, but it's around noon. John will be going live to answer all your questions. Wednesday night, Jeremy with an episode of Cap Rules, Everything Around Me, Cream. He'll be answering all your questions about uh, trade deadline eve and some salary cap questions. Maybe a, a move gets made and it's a live reaction pod where we invite John as well. And then I'm not back here to do a pregame show until Friday. So the next big live stream we do will be Thursday from two to four, where we'll be reacting live to uh, anything that happens during the deadline or leading up to the deadline in the aftermath aftermath afterwards. So that's all happening this week. As far as the pregame show is concerned, until next time, thank you for listening. Enjoy the game on Tuesday and I'll speak with you soon. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.